TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always. Always. Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. So you just flew back to New York? Uh, yes, I'm actually surprising my father. I, I canceled my shows this weekend. My father's retiring as a police officer after uh, thirty, almost forty years. Wow! Oh, get out of That's town! That's awesome. Yeah. What a, so gr- he didn't know, what a great son you are. And he didn't know that I was coming. So, I so, so to, what stands between what stands between you and and you and surprising your father that you're back right now is this interview. <laughs> no, uh, actually. <laughs> We uh, he he just he just got home right before the interview and was shocked that I was. Oh, home. okay, excellent. All right. So he said, okay. "Hey, congratulations, yeah, so said, Dad!" So surprise. Not, so it kind of played off because it, it would have been a, a bit odd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, "All right, Dad, love you. Um, you gotta go. Give me give me half an hour. I'll be right back." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Glad you're back. See you later. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I, right after Mania, I had to head to England for me and uh, Jack Sexsmith are doing an inclusion tour for oh, uh, wrestling sweet. in Europe. Yeah, where are you guys? Where all over England are you wrestling? We're uh, uh, Bre- Brightington, Brightington. Uh, I I'm so bad with this. I know London and I think Manchester. Uh, oh, that's that's our so three, that's... that's our three major stops. Uh, and I'm helping uh, support his charity. We're going to talk to uh, uh, people and uh, explain, uh, you know, LGBT community matters, uh, why there isn't storylines, how we can change that, you know, what's changing about professional wrestling and the world. You know, we're we're just trying to make it easier for LGBTQ athletes to come out of the closet and know that they're not alone and it's okay. There's room for them in wrestling because wrestling is for everybody. How... How much of a relief is it now to be able to be around all the people that you've known for a long time? Because I've, I've listened to the interview, a few of the interviews, where you know it, it was the hardest thing for you was being around your closest friends and they didn't know. Now it must feel like the world is, is a lot easier, especially around the closest of your friends. Uh, I, I always tell people like this. Coming out felt like the first time I could ever breathe if that makes any sense. It's the first time I felt like I'm no longer not being me. Um, it's, it's weird showing up to situations and your friend, you know, you know, all the, you know, all your friends, girlfriends and all their other halves and they're all happy and they're all doing these things. And especially your coworkers, uh, you know, all their girlfriends or who they're dating or their wives, uh, or their boyfriends. But then I'm just sitting there and I've just, I didn't have anybody. So it was it was like the most alone feeling. And then since I came out, uh, I've been showered with I've been lucky, you know, like a lot of people when they come out, they have a lot have negative experiences happen to them. I've had minimal negative experiences, but I, I, I don't know if it's why that is. And I hope it's because people are getting better with it. You know, this isn't the early 2000s. This isn't the 90s. This isn't the 80s. People are ready to treat us like athletes. 
because even with that article, um, my, one of my good friends, uh, Martin Stone, uh, he goes by Danny Birch in NXT. He uh, he was one of the people when, when the guy asked me to do the article. Uh, he 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 was very. You need to do this article, and I was like, "Why?" And he was like, "It's important because even you tell me that you had no role models." So, you know, we all know now. Now let everybody else know, because it's only going to get easier. And he was a him, and then uh, right after that, I addressed both uh, major companies I was working for, um, MLW with Court Bauer and Gabe Sapolsky with Evolve. And both of them were the most supportive two people. They were like, definitely, definitely do it. And I was like, do you feel that? He goes, this is beyond wrestling. This is more important than wrestling. You need to do this for yourself. And just to hear those three guys alone just tell me, you know, this is important. I knew that, like, then it was the most, like, relieving experience to, to come out like they had known because when I first was hired for both companies, I, I addressed it. I said, uh, especially with Gabe, because I started with WWN all the way at the bottom. I didn't start all the way at Evolve. Me, Odinson, and Drennan are the first people to ever work their way up from ACW all the way to Evolve. People, people don't see that because they didn't watch all the shows when they were on Flow Slam. But, you know, if you look back, we literally started at the bottom. We did everything. I, I, I'm pretty proud that I, I, to say that I started at the bottom there, you know, because it makes us feel that we earned that spot, you know, where, where, you know, a lot of times it's different in this business. And I, I like the fact that we busted our asses to get where we are. So when people make some comments, sometimes we just laugh and we're like, because right after the article broke, uh, you know, there's a couple comments from wrestling fans who are like, oh, of course, that's why they're there. You know, <laughs> the ever popular, he he's gay, so they need to hire him. Well, there's and a that, lot of and people out there. And that's people who don't pay attention to what's going on. I know right before we came on here, uh, DP over here is like, I ask him about his wrestling matches and his wrestling style because... He just—he was just watching some of your stuff, and go ahead, DP. <laughs> oh yeah, because I mean, I mean, that's that's what it's all about, you know. And we, we, you know, regardless of your your gender or anything, you know, it's about how you perform in the ring and, and how you do as an athlete, and that's that's what everybody should be focusing on anyway, you know. And, and I'm sure you know everybody's already heard the stories and stuff like that. And I do want to I do want to touch a little bit on it um, before we move into the wrestling thing, honestly, because just just to point out that it's 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 amazing that you did that, and it's. It's not only a relief for you, I think it's a relief for anybody else in that same situation. The more people that do that, the more comfortable they're going to feel being able to do that too. And it just sheds, like you said, it sheds more light on it. People get a lot more comfortable with it. And you, and then, you know, someday down the line, very shortly, I'm sure, you know, nobody will ever have to worry about it again. Yeah. And what, what like, one of the major reasons I did it was for young athletes in a locker room. Like, you know... I didn't do it for, like, I wasn't going in thinking, like, I'm doing this for everybody. I'm doing this because I want young athletes that were like me to understand they're not alone. Because growing up, like I, like, had Martin had said back to me, because I always told the guys, I was like, do you know how hard it is to look at television and you don't look like that person? You're not a, a sassy gay character. You, you, you know, you don't do all those things. Like, I, I always speak about how chuck and billy like 
crushed my world like as a as a young as a as a teenager you know i don't think they didn't mean to do it that way and i understand that but stuff like that was the first two masculine characters for me that i saw on television that were portrayed and i was still in the closet i'm a teenager and i'm watching it i'm like wow and i know it's a story i know they're not both gay but i just wanted it to happen i wanted it to be the first wrestling wedding that actually happened there was no tables nobody turned on anybody they actually got married and when they didn't get married that crushed a lot of people that 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 hurt a lot of people and i don't think i, I don't think that's ever talked about you know because there's a lot of things out there you have to remember tv doesn't portray lgbtq characters as strong they can can they they show them as uh a sassy sidekick or they're like uh will and grace you know those are and they two the more old... it, it, it give them more eccentric personalities than is exactly, quite the normal you know? you know i mean it's it's not like <laughs> well it's it's it go ahead i'll let you keep going I, yeah it, it's it, it's it, it's a stereotype and i know i understand tv does that but we also need to come to a time where we also have normal characters and normal shows where a guy, one of the main characters, is just happened to date a guy. There, there's not really any masculine gay characters besides maybe the Flash. The Flash has a, a gay police captain, you know, and he's very masculine. But that's about only. But he's only a side character that you never see through the seasons. So, you know, why why doesn't that happen? Because I get a que- I, that question of why isn't there LGBTQ storylines in wrestling? One. I think people are afraid to do it. I think we've come... Right now is an exciting time of pro wrestling in general. Like, as I say all the time, this is the wrestling renaissance. Right now, you can actually feel the energy in locker rooms. People are happy to be there. We have top guys putting over young talent and cultivating great matches all over the country. It's not just small promotions. It's little promotions. It's, it's, It's... People are happy to do this again. You know... But we, we had a period where, at least in the nine, uh, 98, 99, 2000, wrestling was taking a risk because there was competition. That, you know, re- wrestling, wrestling did more. You know, you have Stone Cold in the beer truck, which is one of my favorite things because I was there in the front row. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, hold on. Stop, stop, <laughs> stop, stop, stop. All right. I know oh, we're boy. on an important subject, but there's yeah, always ahead. time for a great I was at wwe event okay so who were you there with exactly how old were you tell us the whole story of being there because that's a very infamous evening in wwe history i well i was lucky to grow up in albany new york and for a very long time wwe had a very good connection with the old territory that they used to run uh prior to the uh the the john cena wwe hit Albany a lot and they chose Albany to do a lot of their storylines I was there for the formation of DX right after Wrestlemania the new DX you know where they're uh, that's the you know and I'm a huge my favorite wrestler of all time is Mick Foley I, I never say that ring the bell ring the bell DP ring the bell <laughs> yeah. yeah the reason is because we're in the same boat there well he's the greatest storyteller he, he's one of the greatest storytellers of all time uh, people don't understand his importance and how well he played characters. The man played three people. 
And every time you believed all three people. And Bring you know this is a TV show, but you still were like invested. Plus, he's extremely funny. You know, I got the chance to actually go see uh, 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 his comedy show once in Orlando, and I was blown away by just how funny he tells stories. And and I always, uh, Bubba always said he's one of the greatest promo men of all time, was Mick Foley. You know, uh, people don't understand how good he really is because they, you know, they always look at The Rock or Stone Cold or without Mick Foley, that Attitude Era wouldn't have Attitude. My my favorite Mick Foley promo or, or timeline, um, specific point on the timeline for his promos was when he was transitioning out of the serious psychotic mankind into more of the funny uh, playful mankind and in that middle where they were both fighting each other still he gave some really great promos in some really dark places with some really funny lines especially when he was feuding with the rock well like uh, the sugar sugar coated testes what is that some kind of breakfast cereal (laughs) (laughs) it's one of my favorite lines I remember from him (laughs) people don't understand he had magic with so many people it was like think about when he was general manager his he was able to endear you to so many different characters as general manager that you probably wouldn't have been endeared to or the fact when he came out on uh right before the car crash music before he used the car crash music he cut this promo where he just turned on all the fans and i remember sitting there as a kid and i'm like whoa whoa, where is this coming from and to be able to do that it I idolize that because he gives people I'm always one of those people that like to be at shows and whether there's five people in the audience or 50,000 you give a performance of a lifetime because I look at it those five people this is a time where people don't have a lot of money to start with so if they're there in a place that's why I hate when people are like oh you're in a you're, you're in a gymnasium and there's only five people there. Well, you know what? Those five people enjoy wrestling just as much as you enjoy wrestling. And just because there isn't a lot of wrestling, those five people found a way to get to that show with wrestlers they may have not known just because they love wrestling so much. People forget that because it always has to be this or that. And I'm like, but remember, those, because uh, I read something that uh, really kind of, irked me and, 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 and somebody that should already know this since uh, when Joey Ryan was fighting with uh, uh, Jim Cornette Jim Cornette said something about him being in front of not a lot of fans and I said Jim mm-hmm. what does, and I wanted to know what does that matter because this is a guy that started at the bottom himself and, and, and if anything I could get you don't agree with but the cool thing about wrestling it is literally for everyone. There is nothing that's... Your imagination is the only limit. Just, we'll swing it back to the beer truck real fast. Think about that. That's a beer truck that just drove down, almost ripped a Titantron <laughs> down, and sprayed yep. beer to an owner of a publicly traded company. There was that's no right. wrestling Let- involved in that. None whatsoever. Where in the <laughs> Let- world do you feel that's... <laughs> you know, you know, Undertaker rose from the grave. You know, mm-hmm. Undertaker went through the Titan Tron when Yokozuna and them beat him. And you're like, so why why do you say that this can't this can't happen? No, the only limitation to wrestling is your own imagination. 
That's the only only limitation. Yes, I get you know certain people don't like certain things, but that's the cool thing about America. You can like anything you want because it's a free country. So you can choose not to watch certain things. If you don't like Joey Ryan when he flips people with his penis, you don't have to watch that. But <laughs> you should because it's one of the most interesting things you'll ever see. Because couldn't it, agree with it, you more. <laughs> you know, when you have le- uh, legends like Mick Foley doing it, I think it's okay. You know, I, I think it's okay. So I think uh, people sometimes take things too seriously and forget how fun the Attitude Era was. The Attitude Era was one of the funnest times of pro wrestling. Was the wrestling always great? No. But I think a lot of times we got focused in the past couple, ten years now, that the wrestling has to be amazing. Well, the wrestling doesn't have to be amazing. The wrestling has to connect with the audience. That's the most important. So if you're just out there wrestling, why, you know, where's the emotion? Where's the character? Like, example, uh, in other sports. You tuned in to watch Conor McGregor versus uh, Floyd Merriweather. Mayweather. Why? Yeah, that, we that did. Is a UFC fighter, not a boxer, versus a boxer. You tuned in because it was a, 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 an attraction. You're tuning into WrestleMania because Ronda Rousey is fighting Triple H. So you know when people always uh, always joke that oh this can't happen, then you have the COO of a company in a match with uh, a professional woman fighter so it's okay for them but not okay for other people to try that you know how do you feel uh, sometimes how do you feel that whole storyline is is gone so far with rousey coming in i mean obviously you've paid attention to everything that's going on you you know what's happening your thoughts on rousey being in the wwe so far and what she's done well First of all, she, she's just an attraction and a half. She's a she's she drew money. So no matter what you say, she she drew money. She drew a lot of money because the the whole thing, it, especially with the the WWE business model, they always want to go for the next fan. They don't want to go for the fan they already have. They want to go to the fans that they don't have. They want to bring you into the fold. That's how you get bigger. So when you hear other wrestler fans like, oh, she didn't deserve it, or like, well, first of all, she's a professional fighter, and she pretty much deserved it. Um, now, do do I... Am I going to think that she's going to have a five-star match? No, but it doesn't need to be a five-star match. And UFC never has a five-star match. So, if you ever watch Ultimate Fighting, it's pretty boring. It is pretty boring. <laughs> it, like... I, I love it because it's like that most masculine thing. And people are like, did you see that fight? I was like, yeah, I watched five rounds of them hugging. I, you know, I, I saw that. That was cool. He had one German suplex that was kind of shitty. You know, like then then uh, he gets broken up because he was punching, hitting him with his fist. Like, uh, so I always joke with Matt about that. So, but, but I always say this about UFC, people that come from UFC to, to wrestling. Not all of them are special. But example, Matt Riddle's special. Whether it was UFC or not, that man in two years has created an empire for himself. Very true. Why? Because he loves professional wrestling. He Mm -hmm. gave himself to it. It, Another good one at it. And they're polar opposite in their styles. Uh, Tom Lawler. Another one. They're totally different. 
their strategy is totally different. Their their opinions on professional wrestling are different, but they're both watchable. So do I think Ronda is going to be special? Yes, because she loves wrestling. It's not because her her uncle was Roddy Piper. She just always loved wrestling. And so when people have a passion for it, they have a tendency to find a way to be great at it, especially people like her who are driven. So she's going to find a way not to look bad because this is what she wants to do. It, it's the people that don't want to be there and are given a job, but they uh, – uh, a lot of times with wrestling, you know, you're uh, it's something outside that brings you in. Like if you're an NFL player or an Olympic uh, gymnast or something like that. Pro wrestling will eat you up if you don't have a passion for it. It it is it it it, it gives you the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Trust me, I've been, I'm going on my ninth year. I've I've gotten the opportunity to have some of the coolest things ever happen to me that I never thought would happen. You know, I got to be part of Aces and Eights for that whole year in, in TNA. You know, would I ever think I'd be in a ring with Sting? No, not a million years. You know, like <laughs> like I got in a ring with Sting before John Cena got the opportunity, and I'm like, that just blows my mind. Ooh. And I was like, you know, I got to be in the ring with Hulk Hogan. You know, it's like. So tell me about that experience right there. How what was running through your mind and how what you know because obviously you've you've been a wrestling fan for a long time. Well, I I, I always I always say this. My TNA time, I learned how to get heat like no other. Like I was a uh, I was a heat seeking missile. But I will preface it with this: I was in a really bad place in my life. You know, I, I, I got that opportunity way before I should. I was only three years into the business, you know, but I fit a look. I fit a role. And it's always funny. It's like you always hear that Eric Bischoff was this. He's a terrible person. He's so awesome. He's one of the most coolest people ever. Like he goes around the room and asks everyone what their opinion of something is. Everyone to the camera guy, to the extra to the like he wants to know everything and he he's like cool about it like he never treats anybody that they're lower than where they are he treats everybody like a superstar and i because but going into that you know like you said it's like you you form these opinions of things you read about people on the internet they're not always true you know so i was going in the situation like thinking oh my god this is eric bischoff i heard he's this you know uh, Bruce Pritchard is one of the most intense human beings ever. He's, he's <laughs> super intense. He is a very he he loves his job and has so much knowledge Love. that it just comes spitting out at you. Are you telling Whether me his brother love character, not. his face and brother love was actually him just being that intense? It wasn't actually like Oh, oh I, I could see it because he goes from <laughs> calm to like very loud, really fast, and you're like. Oh, okay. What did I do? I'm sorry, sir. And I actually had the opportunity because he's now at MLW, so I got the opportunity to see him again. And I, I just like anyway. And all I had was a a, a little uh, interview with uh, Colonel Parker, and he was still like super intense about it. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. I was like, you love wrestling, you know? Hulk Hogan was amazing. Like I can't say anything about that TNA group. They were awesome. That whole group, locker room was awesome. The you know the only people I really had heat with, and that was more my fault than anybody else's. Uh, well, there was there was two. 
uh, one was more of a joke because they they still they gave me the advice the one of some of the best advice. Uh, Mike Knox and um, Gallows. Uh, okay. Gallows is like gave me some of the best advice ever. You know how to be a real big man, and you know, and you know he sat me down and he's like, if you want to do this, this is what you have to do. You know, this is how you have to carry yourself. You know, you're a big, you're a big guy, but you're not portraying it, you know, because at the time I was doing a comedy character and uh, Mike Knox was like, man, that's never going to get you anywhere. It's funny. It's great. But a person like you with the size and the ability that you have, that limits you to what you're able to do. And uh, I never really thought about that until after I got did the WWE tryout, those words stuck with me because it was the first words Pierce said to me. And I was like, wow. I was like, these guys try to help me out. Now, did I do like, you have to remember, I was three years in the business and I was so excited to be there. I want a job. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is awesome. You know, I'm live television with Kurt Angle, Bubba Devon, um, Mr. Kennedy, uh, you know, Robbie E, like, uh, James Storm, Bobby Roode, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, you know, and, and I'm like, wow. You name dropper, go on. <laughs> well, well the, the, but you have to remember, <laughs> TNA was a very, like, I hate that people, no, I'm just when kidding. you look back, people say a lot of bad things about TNA, but it wasn't what you thought it was. TNA had an amazing amount of talent, and that's why I'm mentioning their names, because people forget how much talent TNA has. TNA has the unique ability to always find some great talent. And, and that was to Jeff Jarrett's credit, you know. Jeff Jarrett did an amazing job of finding guys. He, he does a very good job on that. Give guys opportunities where guys didn't have opportunities before. So speaking of Jeff Jarrett and Bubba and Devon and approaching WrestleMania, you know, you were trained by Bubba and Devon at the 3D Academy. Talk to us about that. Oh, uh, it was a wild experience. Um, so you have to remember, I came from the football world, so I, I went to college, I, I did all that, um, and I went to Coastal Carolina, and after college, uh, what year, what year were you at Coastal Carolina? What, what year? Yeah. Uh, uh, 2003 to 2006. Prior to that, I was at a community college in upstate New York called Hudson Valley. Okay. Uh, I knew, I, I know a couple of guys from Coastal, but it was before that. So sorry, keep going. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my uh, uh, my football team had Tyler Thigpen, uh, Jerome Simpson. He's the guy that did the flip uh, over the guy. Won an SB for it. Uh, yep. Mike Mike Tolbert. Um, so it, it had like a real good class of guys. But Tyler was one of my good friends, and I always say he probably never remembers this because we were out at the bar. But he had come home, and he's like joking with me. He's like, he's like, bro. You look unhappy. He goes, whatever happened to the wrestling thing? And I was like, nah, man, I didn't go to college to be a professional wrestler. He goes, well, I didn't go to college to be a starting NFL quarterback. And I was like, <laughs> he goes, he goes, there's nothing wrong with giving it a year. He goes, you don't like it. You don't like it. But he goes, for all the years you forced us all to watch wrestling and you would tell us this and that and the other thing. And I was like, and I always, I always bring up, I'm like, yeah. But when I showed you that the uh, Rick Rick Flair versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, there wasn't a dry eye in that room. So I don't want to hear it. I'm like, all you were cry, all you tough guys, 
all we're like, oh, wrestling's fake, blah blah blah. But you were bawling your eyes out when when Shawn Michaels said, "I'm sorry, I love you," and, and not you go around the room and everyone was crying their eyes out because that's wrestling. People forget that it's not just a fight. It's it, and it is. It's a pure fight, but the motion behind it, the story you, behind you it, the story. They they take a part of you and draw you in, and a part of you. You watched Ric Flair, and a part of you was part of Rick, and you knew his passion. And when Sean said, "I'm sorry, I love you," you knew it was over for Rick. You knew it, and that was what I, I will say that. A lot of wrestling matches get five stars and all that. That's one of the turning points of professional wrestling for me. Why I want to do that, too. Because looking around the room of guys that didn't watch pro wrestling and watching them cry made me go, wow, this this is amazing. So I ended up coming down. uh, I'm a research guy, so, you know... uh, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to like schooling and stuff. So I look for the best. Okay. One so I, hold on, I, hold on, hold on, hold on. Paint the picture, paint the picture. You're doing the research. What are you, you're in well, the, I, I you're, at, you're on I the look, laptop. I, well, I go- you, you got your glasses on, you're pushing them up <laughs> with the middle there. You know, you kind of got your protector in. over here or something. Okay. Go ahead. Come on. No. Well, I, I, I was looking who put the, who has the most successful school or who had the most successful for career. And, I've always been with sports. I always liked the guy to teach me that wasn't that that was successful, but isn't a really good per se athlete to start off with. I don't want example. I don't want Michael Jordan teaching me how to play basketball because he has no idea why he's good. Has none. He's just good, and that's okay. But you don't want certain people teaching you. You want certain people that had to bust their ass and make make their way to the top. And I'm sure Bubba and Devon would hate me for saying this, but that's why I chose them. I chose them because when they first started, they weren't good athletes. If you watch their first stuff to how they ended up, it's a miracle. It's it's amazing. Like two guys from a small independent promotion that you know were wearing overalls and playing brothers <laughs> in, in a in, in a in a a small little gymnasium and a bingo hall in upstate New York and Schenectady and Philadelphia. And literally they did it towards the beginning of ECW. Nobody knew what it was. You know, it got hot for two years. People think ECW had this like amazing run of hotness. They were, Paul was with them two years prior to getting hot. It took a while for them to all work together to make that something special. And then, then when they came to WWE, they changed their work ethic. They had to survive. I want to know. You have to remember, uh, when I looked at it and did my research, these people worked for three of the best promoters of all time. They worked for Paul Heyman. They worked for Vince McMahon. And they worked for Eric Bischoff. So, yeah. So, you know, the, the amount right there of knowledge they have, just from those guys... Not talking about the endless people they have worked with, with in Japan and all that. They have to know something. In my in my thought process of going to the school is like, if for anything, they have to have an endless amount of knowledge. It's it's like a perfect college professor. It's like I always relate 3D, not just because I went there. It's the Harvard of wrestling schools. You get two now Hall of Famers 
and every and it's a cool place because you never know who's going to stop by. I was taught chained by homicide. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, jeez, yeah, yeah. A lot of running the ropes with him. He loves drills, loves them. I uh, you get a little car- little cardio, maybe. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you never know who's there. Like uh, when I was there, uh, Okada was there the whole whole time I was there because he was oh, in TNA. Wow. So his training school was my school. So uh, uh, right before I got there, Naito was there. Like people forget that they have these connections. So, you know, I got endless amount of like people that come in. Scott Steiner come in. Uh, Kurt Angle comes in. Eric Bischoff come in. Like everybody would come in and you're like, okay, I probably made the right decision. Except for the times that Bubba <laughs> is Bubba. And, the, and Bubba... <laughs> Bubba doesn't sugarcoat things like Devon does. Uh, I was I came in the third. I'm the third class there. Uh, they changed their style of teaching when I got there to to be more conducive to their strengths. Bubba doesn't really have patience for teaching moves because Bubba finds no importance in that, which is totally correct. Like I go for a lot of Bubba's philosophies about pro wrestling, you know. Bubba's psychology of where to put things and why to do them is amazing. But the only thing is, the trick with him is you have to get him mad to for him to give you some real awesome knowledge. And good thing, I was really good at making Bubba mad all <laughs> the time. I, I I I I think I'm the most yelled at human being by Bubba than any, I, anybody's ever yelled at. I, I can, uh, I've I've made can I tell you something out. real quick? I want to tell you something real quick that I've deduced about Bubba over the last three years of talking to different people is he is the most, he, he leaves the most lasting impression on people because everyone I talk to, whether you wrestle for the biggest promotion or the smallest promotion, nobody's heard of, they have a story about how Bubba Ray, you know, was on their ass. (laughs) Uh, well, we still joke about it today because Bubba's honest with you. Bubba tells everybody coming in because a lot of pro wrestling schools sells you a dream. They tell you you're going to be in WWE the moment you graduate, which is not true because that's not even WWE's philosophy. One, they're in the business of making money and getting new fans. So if you don't go out there and make yourself a, a commodity they want to buy, everybody you can teach anybody how to wrestle. They have a whole performance center for that. But if you, you know, if you went out, why are they going to purchase you? And Bubba tells you that. Bubba, Bubba makes it real for you. He goes, I can only give you the tools. I can't get you there. I won't get you there. And I'm not in the business of giving people opportunities. I'm in the business of teaching people. And that comment right there, especially with him and Devon, because they had to do it themselves, I like that. I respect that. Because... They didn't lie. That was the coolest thing about Bubba and Devon is they don't lie. You know, they have different attitudes. Like, Devon is the more nurturing of your success. Where, But if you've been around sports your whole life, that's how coaches are. You have the coach that is the rah-rah coach, and then you have the coach that's like, yeah, you're terrible. You should probably not play that position ever. Because that's how he motivates you. He's not doing it. To, everybody takes it the wrong way, and because of the way he is, he's doing it to motivate you. He wants you to prove him wrong, 
And a lot of people, if you don't have that strong mental ability and you haven't come from a sports background, Bubba, people like Bubba come off come off wrong. But he's not doing it to be a, a, a jerk like a lot of people say Bubba is. Bubba's doing it to show you how hard it really is. This isn't an easy job. The, there is Right now, wrestling's at its hottest time. The competition is through the roof. Some of the guys I look at, I'm pretty sure they're just magicians. Will Ospreay, you know, uh, Ricochet. They, they, they basically just magic. Uh, I, I, that, uh, that's why I always joke with Jarek120. I'm, I'm just waiting for him to just make people disappear in the ring, like literally just because he's an actual magician and it's creepy as hell. I will tell you that right now. It's the creepiest thing ever. He, he he always messes with me with card tricks because I, I'm one of those little kids that was like, oh, my God, you picked my card. <laughs> then I freak out and try to throw him out, a power bomb him into a wall. But uh, it, it's, it's like one of those things is the competition, the competition out there is crazy. Tell me now how you did that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, uh, show me how you did that. Oh, no? Okay, here's the wall. <laughs> That's kind of my thing. I like. I, to no, throw I think you're going to tell walls. me. <laughs> uh, nice. It is. Uh, it, so if you're not out there busting your ass trying to get better, doing different techniques, like you know, taking different classes, like uh, example, right before my WWE tryout, I took a year of acting classes. I I went I went and took a year of improv. I took a year of acting classes, not because I didn't think I could do a strong promo, just because I wanted to be good in front of a camera. You know talking and is that is that the best thing you took away from that is being more comfortable in what you're delivering uh the 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 number one thing i took away from 3d is i the i no i mean i I mean the acting the acting oh the 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 number one thing i took from the acting into wwe was uh a more for me it, it uh especially coming from a football world i was prepared I like to be prepared for everything. Like, example, before every indie match, I always research whoever is on the card. Not just the person I'm working, everybody that's on the card. Because I think that's a respect thing. I think it's important that more guys need to know what other guys do or their character or that. Because when you can go into that situation, you're more comfortable in the locker room because you never know what's going to happen at an independent show. You don't know who's going to show up. You don't know. So very true. <laughs> so when you show up and they're like, oh, man, uh, so-and-so didn't get here. Uh, is it OK if you work so-and-so? Well, yeah, yeah, that's totally cool. And you're more comfortable because you can have a conversation because he might not know you. But I find it for me, knowing their move sets, I can come up with a, a, something very good because I already know what pop what what they what their go-to is just like if you were an athlete you know what your opponent's go-to is so like you know where their strengths and where their weaknesses are prior to going in and it's just i feel it's a respect thing for any level i i i always felt that way i don't know if i'm wrong it's maybe something i do but i took that away from bubba and divon more than i did from acting is be prepared for anything don't ever go into a situation not prepared. You know, know your worth. 
Well, and that's that kind of goes back to what you were saying before about always busting your ass every night, every time you're out there, whether there's five people or 500, because you never know who's going to be there as well. You know, you never know who's going to be there watching that, you know, could get you a break or get you somewhere else and, and get you more gigs. Well, example, you know, I will give, because I talked about gifts yesterday, because a lot of people flip out about gifts. <laughs> Sorry. Saw that on Twitter. <laughs> Go on. So, so the reason I believe gifts is a good thing, and I wasn't sold on it in the beginning, because I felt a lot of guys were wrestling for the gift. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You know, I mean, they tailor their match for the gift rather than tailor their match for the story. And like I like to tell guys is like, a gift is just a, a movie trailer. So it gets a movie trailer gets people to go to the movie. But if you watch the Avengers trailer, then you go see the Avengers movie and the Avengers movie sucks. The likelihood the next time you see an Avengers trailer, you're not going to have the same opinion you did before. So it's up to the, the wrestler to put together a good movie because, yeah, you know, here's the thing. You get one thing gift, but then I go watch your match and you have 37 botched things. I'm like, OK, well. Did you just that shows that sh that tells me that you were just looking for a cool thing for people to put on the internet rather than telling a story for the fans? And at the end of the day, those are the people buying you things. So when person they they don't understand, a lot of promotions watch those gifts because it's easy to find. So the, the promoters will watch it and they'll be like, "Wow, that's cool." Then they'll go look on YouTube for your stuff, and then when they go to the stuff, and then they see. Oh yeah, that that was that one cool move. But oh my god, was, okay, that's that's not cool. That frog, like, look at look so, at that frog splash. But his arm drag is the shits. <laughs> it, it, exactly, it's like know the basics. No, put the movie together. Like don't just put the movie trailer together. The movie trailer is up to the guys that gift it. And I will say that gifting gifting created me, created Odinson. I will say that because we do unique unique things that a lot of people don't do. You know. A lot of our, our a lot of our stuff shows up in different places. I'll just say that. <laughs> a, a lot of things we do show up on a lot of places. Why? Because those things get gifted. I never get upset from other people using those ideas and putting it into their story, because that's what this business is about. That's what any movie is. A lot of movies take the same plot and put it in another movie. You know, there, there's many, and you still love the movie. It, it, it's it, it's something like that is what I say. But, you know, I will, I'll give Joe K credit. Joe K was a, a huge help in creating a lot of stars that you see today on the indies. Because this is just a guy that enjoyed wrestling and wanted to expose people that you necessarily wouldn't see in different regions. But he just had a lot of time and wanted to watch a lot of wrestling. And it was like, oh, well, I can't put the whole match online. So why don't I give them something I enjoy? Because his gifts are different than other people's gifts. Because it takes a unique eye. You know, certain people are terrible gifters. And and do kind of ruin the story. But then there's the good ones. 
the real directors. And and I can see by your face you don't enjoy gifts. But it, it, it's this is the instant information age, and kids want information now. They don't want they don't want to they don't want information two days. They don't. That's why magazines aren't popular. The only people that read the uh, example the the PWI five hundred. That the only people that buy that magazine aren't kids. They're adults. Yeah. You know yeah, the rest of yeah them that bought it back online. in the twenty five years ago. <laughs> exactly. You know you could buy it at Walmart or it was on the shelf. Mm-hmm. But now those same people still buy it. But young kids aren't going like, oh, let me go grab that off the shelf. No, because they can. They wait for it to come out online. They, the, the, everything is digital. So it's a way that this business has a unique ability to adapt to times. And that's the coolest thing about wrestling. It's ever adapting rather than and every era. There's always the people that try to go back to where it is. Oh, well, no, we didn't do that back in our day. Well, back in your day, people didn't have cell phones. So, you know, people don't run up to you in an airport and like today, I was in the airport and I had my Evolve shirt on. Guy walks past. Guy walks past again. And then uh, I'm with my fiance and I'm like, I think that guy wants to take a picture of you. I go, why? He goes, because he's been filming us. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's the world we live in. You know, and I had that happen a lot to me, especially since the article came out, where random people will just like I was downtown Orlando and I'm car- we're, we're going home. And there's a guy with a Bullet Club shirt on. And I walk by and he goes, oh, my God, you're the guy from the end. And I was like, <laughs> yes. He's like, is there any way that I can take a picture? And then I was like, yeah, no problem. And he's like, "Like, it was like a photo shoot. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, but it, but Hold on, that's my is. bad side. Can I get on your other side yeah, here? Let's well, do that, like well, that's two what more. Like, I got time for four more? Here. Can you get one with my friend? Can you get... <laughs> And, which I don't mind. I, I enjoy. Uh, but at the same token, is like what I'm saying is uh, when I uh, I'll give you an example. When I did my uh, extra work for WWE, uh, I had a chance to talk in front of Regal. Regal, we had to cut a promo in front of him and he said some nice things. But the one thing I took away from him was I was playing a five year old character at the time because I really enjoy comedy wrestling. And he was like, you know, I, I give you credit for having the balls to do it. You know, it, it takes a, a lot to to do what you're doing because it's a risk and it's hard to do. But he goes, this is this is an era where people see you all the time. Can you be this 24 seven? This is not something that you can be. You can't never not yeah. be Mikey, especially today. And it, that really stuck with me because he's right. So you have to remember sp- the gifts are a way of connecting to people, but at the same token, everybody has a cell phone. Everybody has a computer. Everybody's trying to get the next scoop. Think about think about all the negative have, have come out about it. Think about how fast information spreads before everybody even gets the full story about a person. You know, because people want to share the information first rather than get the actual story. Because they right. want to get it headline down. reactions. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's that's what pro wrestling is. So I understand the value of the gift because we're in a generation where we're trying to sell our product instantly, rather than you know 
through house shows and all this other stuff that was in the past. You have to remember, even in 98, you know, ROH got, ROH got popular through DVD trades or, or, or tape oh, trade. Yeah. ECW and them were tape trade. What's the difference between a tape trade? Because they're trading tapes. They're not buying tapes. They're trading tapes. Okay? Right. So somebody would buy a couple tapes, somebody <laughs> buy a couple tapes, and they trade it between one another. Because I remember that in high school. And that's how – there's no difference from a gift or trading tapes. It's just the gift now is the ta- our version of tape trading. But now you can go and fi- find it faster. You don't have to wait five weeks till your friend gives you the DVD uh, of 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 the guilty w- w- whatever for ECW, and you're like, oh. <laughs> you know, the other thing is too, if you're not taking advantage of what means there are to promote yourself and the company you work for and the people that you work with, you're losing out. You're you're a step behind. You're playing at a disadvantage if you don't take advantage of the means of social media in this day and age. Exactly. So social media is so important and it's how you perceive yourself. Uh, people also have to remember on Twitter, people know we're human. Okay. So when guys <laughs> are trying to very True. kayfabe people, it's like it insults a lot of people's intelligence. You know, I, I, that's what I personally feel. So when you have wrestlers out there trying to work over the internet, you're not always going to be a professional wrestler, first of all. So those tweets are always out there. Remember that. I, I always try to tell people that. Remember, everything you put out on the internet doesn't go away. <laughs> it's still there. So if you're trying to be a character and you say certain stuff, you're not always going to be a professional wrestler. You might have to go get another job. They can look that information up and be like, oh, is that what you really think? They don't know the difference. So if you say some kind of comment on on the internet as a character and you're you're like, oh, I only said that as a character, try telling that to a corporation like, that you're trying to work for. He's going to be like, well, that dude didn't do it as a character, so we're going to hire that guy because uh, you're probably going to get us sued. Because, it, it, and that's why I try to say, I'm like, watch what you say. Plus, if you want to work in WWE, Watch what you say. They are Disney. <laughs> they, 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 are, they don't mess around. They do not like anything that is negative towards the brand. You know, almost, you just know. like any giant publicly traded corporation. Anything that hurts stockholders, they don't like that. <laughs> Hence why Facebook's being called the Capitol Hill. That's... Because stockholders are mad. <laughs> why? That's exactly. Because... Yeah, and that's why I try to tell people, always remember that. What you put out in the world always will come back and haunt you. It doesn't matter who you work always. for. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter who you work for. So people forget that a lot of times, especially a lot of the younger guys. They'll be like, oh, well, you're you're this, you're that, and we'll have this whole like Twitter feud. And I'm like, unless you're gonna, your career is going to be a rapper after this, you pretty much kind of, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> like... And, and, and like why? And, and it just—I don't know if it was because I, I went to college and I understand the business world a little bit differently than, than some of the younger guys who maybe didn't see, uh, you know, understand it, and they think they're trying to keep kayfabe alive. Kayfabe died with tough enough, and people need yeah. to understand that. That died with tough enough. The moment Vince McMahon showed you how to take an arm drag, everybody knew that you know. Once he made it a reality series. 
you know, you're not bringing that back. No matter how hard you try or want to insult people's intelligence, you're not bringing that back. Tough enough, I always say this, tough enough was the creation of the true smart mark, or what they call a smart mark. And I hate the word mark because they're fans, they're not marks. You're not trying to get anything from them. You're trying to get them to watch you. So I hate when guys use mark. I really do hate that. I hate that more than anything. And I like look at guys, I'm like, uh, dummy, you were too. Uh, like, <laughs> remember when your dad brought you to watch WWE? So your dad's a dumb mark too, right? Like, why oh, you, no, that's why you no, still watch? No, I'm like, yeah, yeah, he is because now that's how you're treating somebody. So don't be dumb. You know that that's why I, I, I always I never felt like I get it. It was a terminology, but there's words in the English language that we don't use. Why? Because they're insulting. I go, you, you know, why? It, we're we're progressing. You know. Why it's uh, back to me being gay, you know, you have to watch what you say, you know, don't call things gay. You don't. I don't get upset by that, but you don't know who's going to get hurt. Their feelings hurt because that's an upsetting word. Like, oh, that was gay as shit. Well, uh, how, how? Like, how is it gay as shit? Go ahead. Explain it to me. I usually do it to rib guys. I'm like, <laughs> like, because I know that they don't mean it. So when they say it, I'm like, how? How what are you? What are you trying to say? I was like, well, was, it, was it gay? Like two guys in their underwear that are oiled up wrestling? Was that gay? I'm sure, uh, because, especially when you're uh, six like, foot four, three hundred pounds. That was I'm pretty sure. gay for me. I don't know, how, like that. Oh no, no, you know, like that, that was just a gay spot. I was like, uh, but how? He's like, you know, not like gay, like gay, like gay, like. I was like, I got you, bro. I know you're not trying to to be mean. I was like, just realize. I'm not like everyone, and there's going to be other people that get offended by that. You know, so it, it's just like when you say things on social media, just be aware that people are watching you. You know, everybody's watching you. So it's a tricky time. Yes, use social media to expand your brand, but be wise about it. Don't be, you know, the more you're, you're it's always out there and people can come back. And at, you're even seeing it now with a lot of guys, why certain people weren't hired or certain like, Because you go back on their social media and they have a picture, just a picture of maybe a Halloween costume that it was probably a poor choice Halloween costume. Well, we're sorry, we can't hire you because that was a terrible choice. You know, because there's five other people that just look like you that want that same job. It's like any sport, any the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles won. When their quarterback went down. Why? Because there was a quarterback right behind him ready to play quarterback. You know, like it's in any sport. There's always somebody behind you ready to go. And he has he didn't go on social media or she didn't go on social media and do something <laughs> stupid. You know, it, it, I, I just I like guys to understand that sometimes. I know. Uh, I know Before we want to talk we get- about. Oh. Go ahead, DP. I was going to say, I know we before, want to talk. Here, let me, let me, I know what you're going Let me go it. here. So, go before we get to <laughs> WrestleMania and what's coming up and everything you got going on in the future, I want to personally ask you, because you are a large, in-shape gentleman, what is everyday life like for Mike? Going to the gym, working out? Do you, do you have to, like, contain your diet to keep looking so great? I mean, like, dude... It can't be easy for a big guy to stay in that great of shape. Well, first, I think I always joke that it's Gabe's biggest rib on me, putting me with Odinson. So I, I don't know if you've seen Odinson, my tag team partner, 
but he is literally 250 pounds of all muscle and crazy in shape. Which I also <laughs> I also ride to a lot of shows with Austin Theory, who's also at 20 years old and great shape. So it's like one of these ribs. Like I'm like, oh great, I've always been a big guy, and uh, and the most important thing, the era of the big men being slow and lumber and not being able to do things is over. You can't do that anymore. So I have to. So Odinson helps me with a lot of my diet and, and it helps that I'm in a comfortable place in my life now where I I'm happy with who I am personally, because a lot of my weight issues was the fact that I was so depressed and so alone and, and the being in the closet, it ate my life apart. Like it really did. And now that I'm out and you know, back to the beginning of the show is like, that helps me a lot push myself because now I can focus on things I want rather than the fear of somebody finding out that I have a boyfriend, you know? So, uh, every day is kind of like this. Uh, I wake up, I, uh, get ready. I, uh, get all whatever diet Odinson has sent me. Um, and it's usually <laughs> upsetting or, cause we kind of, we kind of joke with one another, but it, 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 even with our manager, Drennan, Drennan, Drennan literally does, he does cardio with me every morning. So every morning we'll meet and we'll do uh, uh, cardio because Drennan's actually one of my best friends in real life. Like we're actually really, okay. he's the first person I ever came out to. Uh, oh, wow. We went to 3D together. He was the class above me. So uh, we'll go and do cardio and then probably bitch about how Odinson is like lost five pounds and looks more ripped or some crazy thing like that. Why we're, why? Cause he, he never drinks any does, water. What he, the hell? Well, he, he, his car, he, he doesn't do the same amount of cardio we do, but we don't also eat his strict diet. Like I post, like what I posted on Twitter, I'm like, I love at the end of road trips where I'm like, Oh, we're at the waffle house. Damn guys. You ran out of that prep meal that you prepared. <laughs> like, cause everywhere we go, like they have like, tw like gallon, like just prep meals, prep meals, prep meals. And I'm like, Oh, I have to go get this jug of water to mix my protein shake. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's going to be another 150 miles. So suck it up champ. Uh, so <laughs> I'll, I'll do the cardio for about an hour, an hour and a half, sometimes two. Um, then I will do my normal workout, uh, stretch, um, you know, do the workout, then about an hour or two, I rest. And then uh, to help me keep motivated, my fiance, uh, we uh, did CrossFit because uh, CrossFit is one of the number one things they do at the Performance Center. It's, it's uh, you know, it's Triple H and Stephanie love CrossFit. And I will say CrossFit has helped me in the ring breathe better, you know, um, be able to because the level of competition at Evolve is some of the best in the world and i don't I'm not saying that because i work here because it really is the best in the world you know when, when you're when your champion just won a new japan tournament you know mm -hmm. you, Ring the bell. You, you you have to be able at any time you have to be you know you have to be able at any time to step in the ring with saber or he's going to embarrass you do you want to be embarrassed <laughs> you know like that those are the things that, so I put on CrossFit on top of that, I, uh, twice or three times a week, I'll try new moves in the ring, roll around, um, keep fresh, uh, try to learn a moonsaw, you know, which I did learn a moonsaw. I, I got that down. It's nice. just, nobody wants to take a moonsaw from a 300 pound man. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> 
But I have it just in case, just to let anybody know. I can do one. Um, <laughs> and the one time I was going to, the one time I was going to do it, uh, I uh, got uh, caught on the top rope, and uh, Chris Dickinson decided to powerbomb me through a whole bunch of chairs. So Ooh. didn't get to do my moonsault. <laughs> That's not very <laughs> fair of him. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, you cut my moonsault off. It's the only thing I got. It's actually one of the um, questions I wanted to ask you while while we're on that topic is, um, you answered one of one of the questions I had was was kind of who influenced your wrestling uh, styles and stuff like that. I think which was you know you talked about Gallows and Knox kind of teaching how to be a big man and stuff like that. But but the moves you use in the ring because I've watched you know a handful of your matches and watching you use you know your fallaway slams and German suplexes and everything is what kind of guys kind of. What kind of you know? What moves do you take from who you know to to, to kind of build that style of a big man with big moves like that? Um, well, when I was putting uh, working on becoming Paro instead of Mikey, uh, being in Orlando gave me an opportunity to be able to work with some awesome people. Um, the move set that it, I, I I use and, and the stuff that I've learned, I had the opportunity to learn from Shane Strickland, um, Sammy Callahan. Uh, Sammy Callahan is, is, is a genius when it comes to violence, putting violence together. And, you know, he, he's really good at that. Um, uh, Ricochet. It's funny. He gets Ricochet understands a big man more than any human being. It's, it's it, like you wouldn't think that with his style of wrestling, but he gets it. He gets what a big man is. And he put a lot of work into teaching me, like, don't do this. You, you don't need to do this, you know, you, you're, because the, 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 the funny thing that we, oh, I, I laugh at, everybody always comes up to me and Otis and after a show and goes, you guys are a lot bigger than we thought you were. You're so big. I was like, well, thank you. I guess that's odd. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm six, four, he's six, two, but we, we have to remember this was, we were coming out of a era of smaller, more athletic, uh, athletes and into a generation of now big athletic athletes it took a while but you know we're going to that generation now there's a lot of impressive look at ace ace baby the dudes literally 360 350 doing doing dive spots you know would you ever imagine somebody that level doing that no because we have to (laughs) Right. The, the wrestling game has to evolve, and pardon the pun, but let's talk about WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, if you have the opportunity, I'll, I'll put it this way. The match at WrestleMania is probably going to be the one of mo- the most insane matches I've ever been part of. I'll put it that way. Tell, every, tell everybody what's going on if they don't know. So we've been in a feud with uh, Catchpoint, all of Catchpoint, not just... But Doom Patrol, uh, Chris Dickinson and Jaka, who are two hell of athletes and uh, deserve all the respect of being badasses that they are because they will hit you. They will hit you hard and they will hit you on purpose. Uh, <laughs> they, they are two badass motherfuckers. And, but the good thing is me and Odinson are two badass motherfuckers. And when you put those two together, Ring the bell. you're going to get, get a war. But then you add Tracy Williams and uh, Dominic. Uh, Garini. Uh, Dominic is a shoot fighter and can snap your arm. Trust me. He hurts. Uh, he put me, he stretched me um, in a match. Still won, though. Uh, and, <laughs> Take uh, that. 
<laughs> Tracy Williams is one of the top guys in our company. He 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 knows he, he he's he's a quiet danger. I like to call him because he knows so much stuff that you don't think he knows, and that's what's dangerous about Tracy is you don't know what he knows, and he knows a lot. And then you have the workhorsemen, who are the most old school kind of tag team you can get, and Anthony Henry and James Drake, and you know whether you like them or you don't, those boys will fight you. They're uh, they're Southern wrestlers, you know, and me and Otis are Southern wrestlers, and we're gonna fight. We we're we're more punches and kicks than we are flips, even though we can do them. We're we're gonna fight each other, and we. With Anthony, especially with James Drake and Anthony Henry, me and Odinson have history with them all throughout FIP. They came up with us. They came up before us. They br- they were brought up before us. And don't think we're not a little bit bitter, you know. So we want to prove, especially in this match at WrestleMania, um, I had the unique ability to be part of uh, the the first ever uh, WWN title match last year. And if you haven't been part of more than Mania. You're missing out, you know, between progress and you're seeing the future stars of tomorrow. And and the cool thing about if you're going to know, I don't know if you gentlemen are going to New Orleans this year. Um, it's a crazy. We will experience. have representation from the chair at New Orleans this year. Unfortunately, uh, and, 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 it will not be neither so of us. <laughs> do, but but I would suggest people uh, to to watch to watch that match. That match is I plan. I plan, me and Otis and plan personally to set the tone for the week with that match on Thursday night. Because I don't care about any other match afterwards. I care about that one. We'll get to the next match the next day, but I don't care about promoting that match or any other right now because that's the match that is going to set the tone. And and that's the way we look at it. We, you know, remember this. People looked at tag team wrestling differently when because two two guys that are going in the Hall of Fame this year had the most WrestleMania Classic match for a tag team ever. They they set the bar. So we look at this level to set the bar for independent tag matches in this match. That's what we're going for, is we're going to try to set the bar to a new level with what we're able to do and see what we can be. You know, we're following... Remember, we're following New Japan. Uh, the Young Bucks and... Uh, the golden lovers uh, just had a hell of a match. So we're following an other hell of a match. So now we need to step up our game. And that's the cool thing. Like I said about the independence right now, it's like, okay, that was good. Hold my beer. Let, I'm going to do one better. And that's why <laughs> wrestling is so good right now, because the guys are trying to be better. It, it's not like, sure. oh, well, they're competition. Just yeah, now, like, I've always been big. Competition breeds success. And if you if you push yourself, good things are going to happen. And that's what I like, and that's what I love about the prelims in Evolve. Nobody's safe. Nobody's safe anymore. Evolve went through a period where everybody was safe. You were having solid matches, but everybody was safe. Game made it so nobody's safe anymore. You don't know who's going to be there. You know, he will fire you now. And, th- you know, that's that's important. And and the level of competition is everybody has to be on their game. Everybody's replaceable. So that that is that is that's what I love about Evolve right now. 
that the the intensity level is nine notch nine notches higher from where it has been and you can feel the energy you can feel the guys like we're gonna beat the shit out of each other tonight and see what happens and you know i think i i personally think that's a good thing you know that because competition makes everybody better competition has never made any it, it only doesn't make you better if you don't want it you know steel sharpened steel right yeah that, that it, you, your game only gets better when you're versus the best because as, as you notice the end we only go after the best we don't we don't just randomly attack people we randomly attack the best so be careful that's all I just tell people if we show up you, you're good that, that that's that's us if you we're coming for you because we we want the best we want to punch the best in the face and see what they got and that that's that's what the end is we want to punch the best in the face and see what they can give us back and that's a credit to everybody in that match because they are some of the best tag teams out there and we want to see where we stand so before we let you go and i appreciate all the time and all the insight and all the stories and thing you've been one of the most entertaining guests we've ever had and i we can't wait to have you back on again, but tell everybody where they can find you all over social media and, and all of that. Well, you can find me on uh, Pero underscore. Yes, I know it's underscore, but it's P as in Paul, A-R-R-O-W with an underscore. And I love chatting with people on Twitter. It's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, I, I, I love people's opinions, whether they're wrong or they're right. I still want to hear from you. So always just hit me up. See what you think. Even if you hate me, tell me. Um, and uh, my Instagram is useless shirtless gym selfies uh, to show you that because if you don't, <laughs> I love that. I love if, that so much. If, if, if are you a gin drinker? Uh, I I'll drink what's in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no wrong way to consume alcohol, sir. <laughs> well, uh, the Drennan's drink of choice is whiskey, so uh, it's usually whiskey after shows. Um, gotcha. And next time we're there, I'll tell you when I actually brought them to a gay bar. Crazy experience. Oh, boy. Uh, All right. It's it's on. Next time you're on, we're getting that story. Yeah. Uh, Try try bringing a six-foot-two bodybuilder to uh, 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 Manhattan gay bar. (laughs) DC is writing it down right now. That just made the list. He's going (laughs) to. And then you can find me on Instagram at paro 49 the 49 stands for, uh, the, like, I like to explain this for to people. Uh, it's for Pulse uh, Nightclub in Orlando. I wear 49 on all my gear. It is not a race car number. It is my way of remembering them. You know, I, uh, being living in Orlando, it's where I came out. And a lot of uh, I lost a lot of friends that night, and it's important to me. So that's why I have the 49. I just like to address that because it's one of the number one questions. Why the 49? Why do you have a race car number on you? It's not a race car number. It is just to honor the victims uh, that died and show them that I'm doing something because of that. So uh, that's why that is Paro49 on Instagram. And those are the two basic uh, things where you can get at me. And uh, we look forward to uh, WrestleMania. And after WrestleMania, I I head to England for the inclusion tour. And then, uh, then we're back and we have Evolve in Chicago and Detroit. So we, we look forward to, uh, we look forward to having uh, 
seeing everybody come out to the shows and uh, grow the audience because I'll, I'll tell you this about me. I'm a total live experience. Odinson is a total live experience. And if you haven't seen us live, you're missing out because I'm probably going to throw one of the guys into the crowd. If you've seen by my Twitter and everybody in Queens, uh, it, it's the number one thing. It's the coolest thing to watch them scatter. Everybody move. The, the moment we hit the ring and everybody grabs their coat and then chant us to toss him there. So uh, I like to throw people. I, I like to give uh, fans an interactive experience. That's what I like to call it. You know, I, I, I use every part of the ring. Everybody gets so uh, obsessed with using the middle of the ring. I, I use the ring post. I use uh, the ring floor. Uh, I, I, I use You're the not ring picky. Ropes. Is there a, <laughs> you know, they, it's always do, fun to use things around you. Do they send out a disclaimer like at the beginning, like the first five rows might get a wrestler tossed on them? You know, like, like well, the first it, five it, rows might get wet spent, type of thing. The, do you think funny. like at the Gallagher shows they could just pull a plant? Right. That won't That's work. That's what I was thinking. Plastic yeah, shoes uh, the Gallagher show. Well, like the Gallagher well, wrestling. Uh, <laughs> you know, especially if the end is going to hit, we're we're going all over. Uh, it's going to be violence, and that's that's the one thing about us is we we are pure violence. We are pure chaos, and that's what we like to be. We're energy from the moment we hit the ring to the moment we leave. And uh, if you haven't seen us live, I suggest you come out and see us, especially in New Orleans. I'll plug that once again. You know, shameless plug. Um, I you know, and if you're not, go to wwnlive.com. And also, when you get a chance, check out MLW. It's going to be on the BN network. Uh, You can check your local spectrum and whatever. It will be on there. Uh, We're uh, taping some episodes. So uh, I look forward to connecting with a lot of uh, other people in this coming year. You know, new opportunities, uh, see the world, you know, maybe go attack Walter in uh, Germany. Who knows? So... (laughs) Take it. Take your. Take that destruction across the pond, huh? (laughs) Oh, let's put it this way: Me and Odinson want Walter and Thatcher. We want them. Yeah, they're they're the best in Europe as a tag, one of the best. But they're the best in Germany right now, so just don't be surprised. So, what happens? It's a fight in the beer garden. I have no problem hitting him with a beer. <laughs> there we go. Last year, uh, Thatcher <laughs> choked me out. So, I, I have a, I have an unsettled score with uh, Timothy Thatcher. You know, I don't forget that he choked me out at WrestleMania last year. So, <laughs> what do they say? Payback's a bitch? Who knows? Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we look forward to seeing them down the road. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.